Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2020. This is Lucas talking about Step 10. Hi everyone, my name is Lucas, I'm an alcoholic. Thanks for the uh, people that uh, put this weekend on and the groups involved and the service they've done to make it happen. Um, I was just chatting uh, to someone beforehand and talking about, you know, what do you... Did you, did you ever think about what you're going to say? And, you know, the answer is no. Um, but I just kind of, this morning when I woke up and I um, was sitting there with my two-year-old and she was on the on uh, YouTube and uh, I had my phone and I was kind of just looking through, doing a couple of readings and I just had a look at, just flicked over to the big book and and, um, and was just reading the stuff around step 10 and and the thing that, that kind of stood out to me and spoke to me a little bit was... Um, you know, when it first kind of um, has those step 10 promises around, um, well, just before the step 10 promises, it, it has has a part where it says um, we had entered the world of the spirit. And um, I guess when I, when I kind of pose that as a question, um, you know, have, have I entered the world of the spirit? And um, it was great to listen to people talk on eight and nine and... Um, and and it's and it was as it was said, you know, it just kind of cracks me open, and, and it's where the transformation for me happened. And um, you know, I can honestly say that that when I when I ask myself that question, you know, um, have I entered the world of the spirit? My my experience was yes, but um, but it didn't happen. Um, it didn't happen overnight. You know, I, I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, and I was very broken and I was very unwell and um, it took me quite a while to get well enough to realise how sick I was and um, I was, you know, taken through the work by a man who um, who had done enough work with enough guys to see how sick I was, you know, and he knew enough to know that if I didn't get some level of um, freedom or relief, I was not going to stay and um, I remember being about three months sober and I'd, I'd been running the um, the one meeting a week program and um, and I'd been sponsoring myself, and um, needless to say, getting some pretty rough advice. And um, and I and I was and I was three months along, and um, and and I, and I really relate to the part that talks about you know that fear sobered me for a while, and that was my experience. You know, like I was three months sober, I definitely didn't want what was on offer here, but I more so didn't want the um, consequences of what was happening every time I took another run. And um, so I, I sobered up, and, and I and I and I, you know, I, I had an experience, a kind of a first step experience at a meeting, three months sober, and this is five years after coming into recovery, and um, and going in and out, and and I met this guy at a meeting the following night, and um, and I asked him to help me, and and he and he he did, and it took me a number of months to kind of thaw out and go through that process of, of doing a, um, I don't know if I'd say a fearless and thorough inventory I'd say like a mildly coherent kind of version you know because that's where I was at I was so sick and 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 I I think today like you know I I don't know my experience has been I've been hard-pressed to find anybody who hasn't come in here with like a a backpack of different things that they've been abusing on their way in um you know I've worked with very few guys today that that just come in with a drinking problem like most of them have got a cocktail story and um and as a result like I I came in in that kind of condition of someone who had a, a cocktail experience for about two decades and um you know, to fast forward, I got I got through the work and I got into that kind of step nine stuff, and it took a long time of working away at that stuff for the for the the miracle to happen, so to speak. And um, when it did happen, though, um, 
it was it was it was quite profound. Like I went up to Queensland. My family were in Queensland. I went up to Queensland when I was about eight months sober to make some amends and made some amends up there. And and I got there and I had all these dreams of grandeur and I was going to go and do this and I was going to go and do that. And I got off the airplane and I was just paralysed with fear, you know. And um, and I, all I did was go to my mum's house and I made amends with my mum on that trip. And and I didn't do anything else other than that. And what happened for me was I came back down to Melbourne and I kept chipping away at stuff and, and doing the work and doing what was suggested and um, I went back up at 14 months sober and I just had this had had this transformative experience where I got off the aeroplane and I got a high car and I was driving to my parents' place and I was just totally free and I was totally, I was kind of driving around looking at all the old haunts and kind of laughing and like the time before, it was just, it was just polarising the difference and, and I share all that because it's kind of relevant for me in step 10 because... That I can see is that point where I'd entered the world of the spirit, you know, and and I was and I was just totally free and connected and getting the good gear, and um, you know, I, I I went on from there and 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 something something else that I was thinking about this morning was I remember being about two years sober and my um my external life and when I say my external life I'd say kind of the the hostage that I'd kind of come into recovery with that was that thing in my life that was different to all the stuff I needed help with um, that I was going to work out myself. When that all kind of came apart when I was about two years sober, I was in, I was in, a, I was in a really bad – I wasn't in a really bad place. I was in a really good place. And so as a result, I reached out and, um, and, I, and I asked for help. And, and what I best way I've heard it articulated and, and what's really um, relevant for me today is – I'd gotten to a point with my sponsor, and for me, this is this is a big part of my step ten experiences. I'd gotten to a point where I was willing to pick up the phone and ring and ask for a solution to a problem that I had, already being in total acceptance of whatever the direction I was given around the problem, I was going to follow through with, no matter what it was, before I'd even picked up the phone. And that, for me, is when I'm really living in that solution of step 10, where I'm just totally in submission to what has to be done. And, um, you know, Mark talks to me often about, um, you know, the, the correlation of steps 6 and 7 and step 10 and how in my... In my um, in my day, I've, I've got to kind of take those things that, that really stand out for me as my character defects into my day, and I have to be really conscious of them, and I have to walk through my day. and And it talks about it like it's not it's not like it's it's not um, it's not rocket science, you know. Like it's it's really outlined very clearly there. And he and he said to me when I was like you know, twelve months sober, you know, he just said, you know, when you when you go through the day and stuff comes up, like it just says really clearly, like you've just got to ask God to remove it at once. And um, and over a period of time of practicing doing that, um, it's kind of become um, like second nature in a way where like. And, and it took a period of time, but after a period of time, I've kind of gotten to a point where when stuff comes up and I ask for it to be removed, like it's removed and like I get freedom from it and my awareness becomes much greater. And I've got like two or three really big things that stand out for me and continue to come up and I continue to pray for them and ask for freedom from them and, 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 and pray about it in the morning and all that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just that, you know, like it's really is, it's really, I really try and keep that kind of part of it really simple. And I, I go through the day and um, and I just become a little bit more aware every day of, of how I'm trafficking with that stuff. Um, 
I guess to kind of fast forward a little bit, I went through some really big stuff when I was about two years sober. And when I was about three years sober, and it, it talks about it in step 10, it talks about resting on our laurels and it talks about we're headed for danger. And I think it's a, um, I think it's a really loose used word uh, verbiage in that sense because for me like at about three years sober I just kind of started to drift a little bit and started to move out of the daily discipline of doing what was required in order to stay in that really connected place and when I started to drift for me my experience was that my ego rebuilt really quickly in the background and I went from this place of like complete gratitude and like just humility for everything that I'd been given in my life and just this acceptance that like it was all God given and my higher power had done everything for me that I couldn't do for myself and all of that to like a full 180 from I'm so grateful to have this job to these idiots should be working for me you know and that and that and that, and that for me happened and I'd love to say like it was a slow regression over time it wasn't like it was that's if I look at the truth of the situation that's not what happened like I just started to disconnect I started to come to meetings I started to look at it and go why don't you go and pick up the tea towel and do some dishes, you prick? You know, and I really started to take that self-righteous indignation that um, that that's talked about in some of the literature, and um, and the, and there's a specific part that um, that my sponsor points me to in AA Comes of Age that talks about um, the ego rebuilding in the background and and um, and the egocentric core of the alcoholic, and and anyway. I started that journey, let's say, at about three years sober, and it took me down a rabbit hole of making so many bad decisions based on self that later put me in a place to be hurt that really, um, someone talked about it earlier, you know, really the only thing that probably got me through was I had such a, a, a solid foundation in step one and probably to be honest, I was just so scared of, of, of what would happen if I went back out and, and my pride if I had to come back in um, that, thank you, that that I managed to hang on. But I got so far down that rabbit hole, like six, seven years sober, I was I was in such a bad place. Last year, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you where I got to. Last year, I'm, um, I'm down the street and I'm getting fish and chips with my daughter. And I'm like, um, you know, we, we get, I park in a permit zone that it, I don't have a permit for, just to be clear. Um, and um, and I'm in the fish and chip shop with my daughter and we're getting the fish and chips. And, like, I've got that, like, you know, they talk about, like, you come in here and you, you your character defects, they're called character defects, but if you're going back out there, they're called survival skills and you'll need them. I still have that radar, you know, just like, and, and I see the parking guy, you know, and he's, he's heading toward my car and I grab my daughter and I'm down the street after him and I'm, mate, 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 it's my car. Got, got my kid, got my kid, it's my car. And he's like... What are you doing, mate? And I'm like, oh, I was just in the pharmacy getting some stuff for my daughter, you know. And he's like, didn't you come from the other side of the street? And I'm like, <laughs> just called me on it. And I'm just like, how dare you? How dare you? And um, so I let him have it, you know. I let him have it, both barrels, you know. Like, how, what kind of person? What kind of person does that kind of job for a living? Like, just, just, you know, just. I don't want to share. I'm going to be honest. The only the, I, I will share this from the floor because my sponsor told me that I need to. I need I I will I will die in Alcoholics Anonymous trying to maintain some kind of persona in Alcoholics Anonymous. If I don't get to the truth of what's going on for me, I can't only be treated on what I present. And if I present well, I'll be treated like I'm well. And um, 
anyway, uh, he, he said, I, so anyway, I give this, this guy both barrels and he's like, he just looks at me and he's like, mate, I wasn't even going to give you a ticket until you're a total dick. And, and, um, and, I, and I said, and, um, and, uh, and I, anyway, he types up the ticket, right? And then he sidles up like right, like right beside me. He sidles up right beside me and he looks at me and he looks at the screen and he just pushes the delete button and he puts his arm on my shoulder and he goes, it's all right, mate. We've all had a big day. It's all good. And I was just like, Pfft. even now, like, and I just looked at this guy and I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, what do you do? You know, like, so sorry. And I'm like, I've got my two-year-old in my arms and I'm, and I'm, and I'm spraying this guy, and, you know, like, and, and this is where I'm at, you know, eight years sober and, um, you know, and, and, and that's the reality of untreated alcoholism. And how does that all tie in? Like, that all ties into me into step 10 like it's so relevant to step 10 because I take my foot off the gas as my sponsor says I, I get out of the disciplines I stop pedaling I'm a chronic stop peddler he calls me he says he says you you are consistently inconsistent like you you go for a period of time and then you stop and you and you tip over and you get back on he goes you just got to be consistent and um and I think we all have our breaking point and, and I hate to say that like eight years sober like I get you know, the truth about, like, I've been running on self-will for five years and the reality is the first three years of my recovery were amazing and then I took my foot off the gas and spent five years in self-will and now I'm trying to clean that up. But, you know, you know, to, today I can, you know, I can honestly say that, you know, like I haven't done that for a while. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, that was the... That was the um, you know that was the that was the humbling experience that I, that I needed to have to to realize that like how long are you going to how long are you going to keep going on like this you know and um you know today um you know I'm I'm happy to say that like my my life is unrecognizable to to what it was um you know last year um I'm 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 back I'm back in that place like I'm safe and protected I'm connected I'm in the middle I'm doing everything I need to do and I can get really caught up in doing things in Alcoholics Anonymous um, with the wrong motivation, with the wrong attitude and with the wrong perspective, thinking that I'm participating and doing the right stuff, but I'm actually coming from the wrong place, so it's not actually serving me, you know, and I, I can be I can be speaking at detoxes, I can be turning up in a in a, in a group and doing service and and uh, I can I can be doing all these things, I can be sponsoring guys and I can be coming at it all from a place that's feeding my ego. Um, and, and what I've come to understand in, in the last while is that that's a big that's a big part of it for me and I need to be doing the stuff. So I'm doing all these things, but none of those are related to my personal recovery. And step 10 for me in a big way has been related is related to my personal recovery. Like it's, it, it's completely connected to how I conduct myself in the world on any given day. Did Lucas show up as a 12-year-old? Did Lucas show up as an adult? Like my sponsor says to me, mate, you can't be the kid anymore. You've got a kid, you know? <laughs> Who would have thunk it, you know? And that's just that's just the truth today. Like that's where I'm at emotionally, you know? I need, I need to be reminded that like, you know, you know. and he, he said to me the other day, I'll, I'll wrap up with this, he says to me the other day, he goes, he goes, it's all right, mate. He goes, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. He goes, and you're still just at a place where you're still a bit manic and you're still a bit all over the place. Like, you've, it'll take you a while to level out. And I'm like, who is he talking to? Like, 
could take a while to level out. When do I level out? Oh, it's been nine years. And um, but you know, and that's and that's humbling too. You know, he's forty years along in the journey, and he he can see it. He can see it that there's still areas that, and that's okay. That's okay today. I'm all right with that today. My life is exactly what it is as a result. 110% of coming to Alcoholics Anonymous. When I got here, you know, there was no one left. There was nothing left. Today, I have an amazing life. But most of all, I have, I have that, I have that contentness and that peace of mind just for today, based on treating my spiritual condition. Um, like, you know, you, I can't stay clean today. And yesterday's shower, it just doesn't work like that here. I, I, like, I wish so badly that it did, so badly. Like, you know, I just, you know, I just want to, yeah, you know. Um, but it's all right today. It's all good. So thanks for giving me the opportunity. Information about the Melbourne Harrow Steps Weekend is available at stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au.